Hey everybody, what's up? This is Khalif here. This is the Spawn of Me podcast. What up, what up, what up? I hope you're all doing well. It is a interesting week. Uh, I wanted to give you all some love and say, hey, I'm not dead. <laughs> I'm still alive. Uh, yeah, I've been running around, still fighting this bad case of vertigo. I'm on location currently recording this episode. Uh, so things are going to sound a little different. Things are going to feel a little different. You're not going to get the full... The full joint, uh, because I just don't have all my equipment and all my gear and all that good stuff. But um, I'm in a really good spot uh, in terms of kind of getting around the recovery bend. Uh, thank you to everybody who sent over well wishes and everyone who's been amazingly kind and sweet about being um, <laughs> patient with us getting out content or me getting out content. It's just been really hard to get out content when your brain is telling you that left is right and right is left. Um, and you can't walk around as well as you want to you feel like a baby calf <laughs> trying to figure out, you know, remember that scene in Bambi where Bambi's on the ice. That's me for the past two weeks. Uh, so it's been a hard deal trying to get out content, uh, when your brain is not doing what it needs to do. Um, so that part has been, uh, not great, but, um, I'm, I'm in a good spot. It's been, it's been pretty dope to be able to really take some time off um, and think about, you know, not only what, you know, I need to be doing. I'm also on the job hunt. Uh, so it's been nice to kind of sit and gather thoughts and think about, you know, what you need from a new job, a new gig and all those kinds of things. And hopefully, potentially, uh, there might be some good news on the horizon on that end. Uh, that we'll probably be talking about uh, sometime soon, uh, once ink, inks have been dried and all that good stuff. Um, but besides that, you know, I think you know everything else has been a pretty interesting ride. Uh, again, thank you everybody for you know continuing to sub and continuing to send out the good words on the podcast, and you know a lot of people really loved the stuff that I did on the play date. You know, so please remember to go check that stuff out. Really great interview with Cable Sasser. Uh, uh, CEO of, and co-founder or co-founder of Panic. Uh, we talked about Playdate and all that good stuff and, and all the things that live in there, uh, which was super fun. And yeah, I'm on my honeymoon trip, my 10 year honeymoon trip with my wife, uh, where we're, we're trooping down uh, through Eastern Oregon. Uh, I shared some pictures on my Twitter feed uh, a couple days ago or yesterday, because uh, this will hopefully go up today. Um, and now we're, we trooped all the way down to Nevada. Uh, so we're hanging out at Lake Tahoe. Uh, I'm going to see if I can go hug Snowback Mike and say what up to him, because uh, I think he's down in this area. Um, and yeah, it's been a really cool ride. Like I think what I, when I think about the past 10 years of the show, when I think about the past almost nine years, it's, it's basically nine years going on 10. Um, you really wind up, you know, pulling back a lot of memories about how you got here, all the people who have helped to get you to this point, all the layers that kind of touch that go along with it. And my wife has been the constant throughout all of it. She has helped to be there for me in every capacity that you possibly can have as, as, a, as a spouse, as a, as a co-traveler, as a partner, as a friend. Um, and, and I've said this often and, and over and over and over again of just like how, you know, her support has always been at the forefront of doing the show and, and feeling like 
I'm doing something worthwhile uh, with this project and how it continues to grow and how it continues to to, to hopefully add value to the to the universe. Um, and I, I don't know. It's it's always hard to know if it's actually doing what it's supposed to do. Uh, and I apologize. This episode is going to be a little rambly and a little bit all over the place. I'm feeling very uh, introspective uh, today for this episode. Uh, so it may be a little messy, it may be a little all over the place, but um, yeah, it's, it's given me a lot of time to think about, you know, what I want the show to be, what do I want my voice to be through this show, um, how do I want to connect with people, how do I want to disconnect with people, um, what energies do I want around me, what energies are prevalent within the industry that I want to buck against, or at least not buck against in a hard way because I don't I don't I, you know like what are you going to do right humans are humans and humans are going to do human stuff um but there are just consistence there there are constants that happen within that sphere um and those parts are the things that always kind of make you rethink where you want to do content like I've I've thought a lot about what it looks like to continue to do this content and to continue to do it in this way. And there are days when I'm really happy with it and there's days when I'm not. Um, and the days where I'm not, I, I sit and I think about like, what is the thing that's making you not happy about doing the show? And I would say the thing that is the most troubling is not the work because the work is pretty, pretty easy to do. I've gotten all the stuff down packed. I think we got a, our branding is tight. You know, I think I've I've garnered a specific voice within the industry that is still continuing to try to find nuanced ways to talk about the hot takes that people have been taking over the past God knows how many years at this point. And I think that that's you know you as a listener, I think that's just, hopefully that's the reason why you're still here and still listening, and and giving kudos to to me for trying to be that voice of reason within a space that is often unreasonable and often super hyperbolic and often mega fussy in so many different ways. Um, so I, I think that that part um, is the thing that I'm thinking about today, right? Um, and it, and it kind of stems off of a thing that I saw the other day uh, with friend of the show, Gene Park. Um, and Gene, you know, I met Gene at a convention maybe two or three years ago. And, um, he's just a genuinely kind soul. Um, and he's like one of the nicest folks, um, that I've been able to meet. Um, and, and the thing that, that, that I wanted to touch upon and it bothered me was, so, Again, there's going to be a lot of parts that aren't necessarily connected because I just don't have all the full information. So I apologize in advance of not having that because some of it I'm just not privy to. But the energy that I want to discuss is one in which so Gene went on this show. Um, he went on Colin Moriarty's podcast. We all know Colin Moriarty is is not a great um or I'm not going to say he's not a great human being. I don't know Colin well enough to know who he is as a person. I do know that the energy that he brings isn't great. I do know that the stances that he has are not great. Uh, I don't think of them as being progressive at all. Although I think he does hold some progressive layers of thought 
overall, I think that the detriment of those layers that are, you know, not connected to those progressive thoughts are way detrimental and way dangerous and way gross in the way that he has talked about different communities, in the ways that he has talked about different sets of people, in the way that he has talked about policy, in the way he's talked about the gaming media, the way he's discussed all that stuff. Like he's taken a really hard, hard heel turn in the past four to five years since he left Kind of Funny, right? Um, and I think most people who are paying attention to that energy and the, and the energy of that audience, of sections of that audience, can say, if you are more on that left-leaning progressive side, that's not people that you want to rock with. A lot of those folks are, are harassing so many different layers and people within the gaming industry, especially on the progressive side of the fence, um, that it has been pretty well discussed amongst most people who are in the circles that matter of like, we're not going to fuck with Colin and his show and his stuff. So Gene goes on the show, shares out a, uh, a tweet about appearing on the show and instantly, instantly, at least from my timeline, again, this is all through the prism of Twitter. You see so many industry peers do this thing that I don't understand and I don't like. Which is this 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 outwardly expressed public expression of disappointment in a person for doing a thing that one doesn't affect them at all. Two, they don't have proper context for the entire conversation because I know that Colin Moriarty's stuff is behind a paywall on his Patreon. None of us are paying money to support his work, so you're not going to get that full conversation. Three, it's a weird layer of disrespect to Gene, who, for the most part, has been pretty nuanced about the way that he does his work. I've not seen anything. And, and if you and if, again, if you're a fan of the show and I'm wrong, like, let me know things, uh, you know, you know, let me know if I'm if I'm messing things up. Um, and, and I think and I think the thing that bothers me is like. There's this letter, there's this level, level, I can't talk. There's this way that people do this thing where they will continuously say, oh, I'm disappointed in you. How could you do this thing? Why would you go on that person's show? Why would you give that person a platform? Why would you do that kind of stuff? And I agree with that for the most part of most times there's a layer of amplification that happens when you wind up doing a thing with some folks. Um, but it, there's also a layer of you have to trust people's ability to be reasonable as well, right? So, like, if if we know that Colin is very much anti-gaming media uh, and we know that um, we know that uh, Gene has been pretty nuanced in his coverage in the gaming industry for a long time. I've not seen him spout some right wing conspiracy theory and be like, this is what it is. Like, he's not pulling a David Jaffe here. Um, it just feels like that initial, uh, you know, uh, industry wide or industry kind of moving energy of like, well, you shouldn't have done this, tries to put this weird scarlet letter on your jacket 
for just engaging with people who we have all kind of been like, nah, we don't want to rock with that person because they're terrible, right? I get that. I understand that. That's reasonable. But also, like, we don't even know what the context of the conversation was. And everyone is sharing this weird energy around, around him. And the reason it bothers me is, one, because it kind of wants to take away your credibility in a way publicly that is gross and unnecessary and, and kind of stupid. And then, two... It tries to besmirch you in a way where you are supposed to be very much in line with a way of thinking that if there's any deviance in the way, any deviation, I should say, in the way that you want to move around in the world, the people you want to talk to and the people that you want to, you know, discuss things with, or, you know, if you, even if you have a morbid curiosity for a thing and you're like, I'll talk to that person. Why not? That you are automatically given this weird layer of I'm disappointed in you. And how could you do this? And you are making things worse by doing this one action that doesn't really matter because one, you're all not going to share it. Two, you don't know what the full context of the conversation was. Gene could, like, again, Gene could have been, like, playing the role of, I'm just going to, you know, go in there to fuss with you. I don't know. I haven't listened to it yet either. Again, I'm not paying that money to, 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 to put money in, in Moriarty's pockets. But my hope would be is that if you care about other human beings in the space, if you care about the ideas around good reporting and good journalism or good or good or good human interactions between people who are your peers in the space and not wanting to automatically put people in these weird camps of you are no you are no longer a, a trusted person because you did an action that is not a terrible action there have been terrible actions within the gaming industry that we've seen happen with multiple players over multiple years for lots of different things that are a million times worse than going and appearing on someone else's show that it just gives me pause again about like what the fuck are we doing here like what is this what is this work supposed to be what is this energy around this industry supposed to be how are we supposed to build good inroads with people who are your peers and people who are, even if you're not like-minded, you are like adjacent within the space, right? Like adjacencies don't automatically uh, equal um, a, 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 an approve of what people are saying. Like you can be in the same room and not talk to people who you feel are detrimental to the world, right? Like you don't have to, it's a weird layer of adulthood that I don't, I think like a lot of people just are missing now. Where like, you can see a thing and be like, hey, that was, that was, that wasn't great. Hopefully you would do that in someone's DMs as opposed to doing it publicly. If you really care about human beings, you care about people. Um, and you say, hey, like, I'm just curious, like what was, you know, I, we all know that Colin is, is kind of crappy, but, you know, I'm just curious. To, like, I care about you as a person. I would love to hear what, you know, your reasoning was for, for doing that thing, which is also even a weird stretch, too, because, again, you, none of those folks are married to each other. None of those folks are connected in that way, you know, intimately in that way. Like, most people aren't in the gaming industry. Like, we have friends. We have people who are close friends. We have people who are... Uh, you know, people who we've road dogged it with for a long period of time, people who we care about. 
But I would say most people who you see interacting on Twitter don't really have that full, like really deep connection and friendship. And you can see it in the way that people just act. It's a very, it's a really fickle industry where immediately if you do something that feels like it's out of step, people will automatically want to do this really pious performative thing that doesn't do anything but makes you feel bad, puts people in a position to feel bad about the work that they're doing and about themselves, gives other people the ability who who are supposed to be allies within the space, the ability to pile on and make that make that thing worse for you when all people had to do is slide up in, in somebody's DMs and be like, yo, what was the deal with that joint? Like, I don't know what that was. Hey, we're cool. We know that this is the case. How are you feeling about that? Like, what did, what did you guys get a chance to talk about? Again, it's the reason why I keep my DMs open. Like, I, I keep my DMs open all the time just for the sake of saying, if you have beef with something that I've said or something I've done, like, you can hit me up. Don't try to put me on front street and try to make me feel bad for living a life and being curious about anything. But there's a layer of intellectual curiosity that winds up feeling missed within these spaces because it wants to kind of make you feel bad about everything that you want to be able to do. And people that you may want to have conversations with or it it ties things together that don't need to be tied together. So I don't know. All of that was to say, you know. I don't, I don't think Gene is a terrible human being. I think he's actually probably one of the smartest cats doing this work because he's really paying attention to a lot of the angles here. And he's not hyperbolic and he's pretty, pretty even keeled in the way that he winds up having it. And it would be different if the Washington Post did a puff piece on Colin and was like, here is this new smart. You know what I mean? Like they did that whole thing that they've been doing to all these right wing people over God knows how many years of being like, you know, here's this layer of stuff that we should be having a discussion about. And here's this new person who's bringing this really insightful layer of conversation to to the space. Like the Washington Post didn't do that. Gene didn't do that. So it makes me wonder, like, what's the actual like motivation behind all that public shaming that happens and what's the end result of that? And if this is the, the new normal where, again, we publicly shame everybody for everyone for, for doing anything that is out of line with what we have an expectation for them to do, then are we really are we flattening everyone out in a way that is that is unnecessary? And, and for me, gross. I like people to be three dimensional human beings. I like for people to be able to say, here's my motivation for what I did. Here's the conversation. Here's the the, 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 the the energy of who I am as a human being. Hey, I may actually want to talk to somebody here or I may talk to somebody here. And here's the conversation that happened. And then you get a chance as an audience to pull, a, pull away what you want to pull away from that and make decisions about how you want that to be connected to, to, to me or whoever it may be in the space. But you can't even do that because people... People, well, you can do it, but people will shade you, people will block you, people will do all this other stuff behind the scenes that, again, puts you on this weird persona non grata list that is, <laughs> that is kind of stupid. It's dumb. It's so stupid. It doesn't make any sense. And it just is a reflection of the gaming media industry in the way that we currently have it. 
in a way that I don't think is good for it. I don't think it actually benefits the space. I don't think it actually makes the conversations better. Again, I'm not saying that we're the, the things that that happen on a Moriarty show are smart. They're not. They're not. They're not good. It's not good, smart content from the stuff that I've heard. Or at least it's stuff that I don't care for because it doesn't speak to me in a way that shows me that there's any real like layers of thinking beyond the, the kind of usual stuff that gets spouted on that on, on those shows. Right. But I will say that, like, if people want to go and, and, and explore and hear people's other sides of a conversation, even if they're bad, it doesn't mean that they are upholding those positions. It doesn't mean that they are co-signing those positions. It doesn't mean that just by being in a, in a room together that you are now, you know, giving that person and signing on to the things that they say. We've had people on, on, on Spawn on Me who I don't believe in, you know, their, their full, their full like uh, philosophies about the world. And that's been okay. To be like, no, nah, I don't, I don't rock with that, but I want to talk about it. I, I, I still feel like there's a space for that, but the, the way that things roll out now, it doesn't feel like that. And that part to me just feels really gross and stupid. I just don't like it. It just, it, it's, it's a thing that irks me. And I think I think about a lot and it's a thing that I've thought a lot about when it comes to what spawn on me is going to be for the future. Again, I'm not going to start pulling on like, Hey, next spawn on me episode is going to feature Jordan Peterson. Like, no, like there are people who are like that, who are evil human beings. Right. It also doesn't mean I'm going to have Colin back on the show. We had him on the show years ago before he had his heel turn. And that was a great episode. But I think it pigeonholes you to be able to think about what you want to be able to talk about in a sphere where all of these connections to a certain extent actually do matter. Like you want to be able to collaborate with people within your, in your peer group. But if they've already deemed you as untrustworthy because of an action that you have, that you have done that they have determined is shady or problematic or any of that stuff, then it just sets up this really weird energy across the speed, across the space where everyone goes into their camp. Everyone talks to the people who just think like them. And there isn't any actual conversation that happens across people who again, may not fully align with you from a human perspective, from a worldview perspective, from a, a layer perspective there where, again, I think there's a level of curiosity that's necessary to do good work in this space. And I think the work that we see in the space currently reflects a lot of that work not being there, or at least that conversation not being there. Um, so anyway, those, that's the thing that's on my mind about that situation and how that kind of connects to spawn on me and, and, and some of the stuff that I've been thinking about in terms of like format and, you know, how, how, and what I want to talk about and, and how, how, you know, how open I want to be about my feelings about the way that the work, the industry works and some of that stuff. Like again, I, I, I always want this to be a place of nuanced conversation. I always want this to be a place where you as an audience feel like there are no boundaries. There are no taboos. There are no, spaces that you can't come to our show and feel like there is a space to be able to find 
conversation around anything. I don't want to be pigeonholed in a space that feels like that because I'm going to get blocked by people who are, are industry adjacent, right? Who may potentially use that energy to help blackball people in any of those ways. Cause that happens often too. Like, again, it's a really small industry. We all are paying attention to each other's work. We're all looking at each other's social media feeds and people are making full on judgments about who people are based on random things that they've tweeted, random thoughts that they've shared and random appearances that they've had alongside other people who they don't like. And I'm like, that's fine. But that also puts, puts walls up for people who want to do other work that is not the kind of usual stuff that we see that blocks people who are from underrepresented groups from gaining access that blocks people and gatekeeps people out of stuff that they want to be able to do or talk about or think about because they know that those folks are going to be paying attention and sharing that stuff and talking in, you know, whisper circles about what that thing was and being like, Ooh, I don't know if I can fuck with those people anymore. Again, it's high school all over again in the worst ways with some of your favorites, some of your favorites. And it's dumb. It's real stupid. So as an audience, I would say I hope that you push against that. I hope you use a lot of critical thinking. I hope, again, that you, you look at those conversations and say, what's the benefit of all this public fussy discourse? Like who benefits from that? When you have those things out in the wild, who does that actually do anything for? Does that do anything for you as a listener? Probably not. Does it do anything to open up interesting lines of conversation across the industry? Probably not. Does it, does it publicly shame people and put them in on their back heels because they feel like, oh, if I say this thing, people are going to come for me? Yeah, it does that a lot. So... You know, think about that. That's your homework. <laughs> and, and that's the stuff that's been in my mind while I sit here looking at the palatial uh, lake of Lake Tahoe <laughs> uh, on my on my anniversary trip. Um, two, two quick things real fast that, that I wanted to kind of poke at uh, from a news perspective. Again, this show won't be super, super long um, would be. Uh, la, 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 la. Call of Duty is going to come out with a new game. I'm interested in that. A new Modern Warfare 2 is going to be coming out uh, after them, uh, Activision, and a lot of folks saying, hey, we're going to kind of slow down on the yearly cadence for these kinds of games. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of new spin and flavor they put on that series because it is one in which we have seen it not do well in the, in the previous iteration. Uh, I don't think Vanguard did really well in terms of public sentiment. I don't think it really did well in terms of sales. It might have done well in sales. Um, but it's not a, a game that I think people are like, oh, my God, Vanguard was the joint. Like, I don't think that was I don't think that was that game. <laughs> and I think they're now trying to figure out, like, how do we build this back into a good spot? How do we get this back into a space where it feels good again uh, to be able to do this kind of game? Uh, and we'll see. Like, I think that's going to be telling once we first get a chance to see, you know, what's going to come down the pipeline for them. Uh, you know, who who's going to be attached to that pro- to that project. 
you know, what's the single player multiplayer layer going to look like in a, in a much bigger and broader way. I think that's going to be actually important because I think that game is in, so, in a, is in a real need for a really tight, really good single player. Uh, and if they can nail the multiplayer stuff again, then they may have something that brings people back to that game in a real way. Uh, but it could be that and it could not be that. It could be something that feels more like, you know, what we just got. And that might not necessarily be what we want to see uh, within the space. So that's going to be a conversation there uh, in, a, in a real way. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I think that's going to be cool. I, I'm sad that I'm not playing the Overwatch 2 beta. Uh, I'm hearing good things. I think the folks at uh, GameSpot did a really good breakdown of, you know, their time with it. So go check that video out. Shout out to Tam and to Lucy. Uh, and to the folks on that side of the fence who did that good work over there. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that for sure uh, to be in that mix uh, when I get a chance to hopefully get my hands on it. Uh, I'm, I'm hyped for that. That's going to be really good because I actually really want to go back into the Overwatch space. I want to play more of that game. I, haven't, I used to play a bunch of it uh, and then people kind of fell off the map with it. Um, so I would love to go back to Overwatch 2 uh, as, as, a, as a fresh start in my Overwatch journey in that way. Uh, so that could be really cool to be able to dig into that for real. Um, and, and, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to hear that the changes that they have implemented are really going to come through. I feel like they still are a little bit wishy-washy about like what they want that angle to be. But I think you know, hearing the conversations about like where people are kind of playing it and, and how they're kind of feeling about it. Uh, a lot, a lot of folks who are already embedded within that community that has given me some hope to feel like that game is going to be in a good spot. So I'm hoping that they nail that. Uh, and the last thing I want to talk about, uh, for this episode, this short episode is, uh, yeah, the Bethesda Xbox, showcase that's going to happen on june 12th is going to be probably one of their biggest ones ever uh because we know that the elephant in the room is we're probably going to see starfield for the first time um i mean we have to see starfield for the first time they're going to be launching it in november this is really going to be the only other time that they're going to have the the eyes of the world on them to be able to say this is what is going to be this new game that we're putting out into the world. Uh, and we have to make it a banger because uh, if it's not a banger, there's going to be a problem and that's not going to be great. So um, a lot of pressure on Xbox, a lot of pressure on Bethesda, a lot of pressure on, you know, what that game is going to wind up being. I also wonder if we're, if we're going to see anything about what the new Elden Scrolls game is going to be. Elder Scrolls game is going to be. Um, it would be cool to get a teaser for it. I think that that would be pretty, pretty awesome. I think that would be super dope to be able to get some kind of uh, preview of what that looks like from a, from a visual perspective at this point. I mean, I know it's really far away, um, but that's going to be cool to see what that's going to wind up being. I think it's going to be a really big show. Uh, looks like Arcane is going to be showing some stuff from Redfall. Uh, potentially there in that conversation. We'll probably see some more Hellblade 2, uh, maybe some State of Decay, uh, State of Decay 3, which would be smart. Um, I'm seeing a lot of conversations about people working on the Outer Worlds 2, so I'm hearing that maybe Obsidian's going to show some stuff there as well. 
Um, so they have a pretty big slate of stuff to be able to show uh, for this game coming out. And I mean, like, damn, that's going to be a wild banger of a show. If they if they can nail all of those things, show that stuff on on screen, um, you know, it's going to be around the time that we would have had E3. Uh, so this is their blowout part of the year. Them having a big showcase like this makes me also think that potentially Paris Lily will probably be hosting something on the after show. Uh, you know, makes me think about that, which would be fantastic for the fam. Uh, as long as he doesn't shade me again, <laughs> or if he does shade me again, again, it puts, it puts my, my stupid face on the global, on the global stage, uh, which I will gladly take every day of the week. <laughs> I need it anyway. Um, uh, so yeah, I, th- I think that's it for this episode. Um, again, thank you for letting me ramble, uh, while I'm on vacation um, stuff like this is always fun to do kind of stream of consciousness stuff. That's not super tied down to, to format, maybe a little bit more of this stuff. So, you know, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit more of these conversations, maybe broaden this out into more stuff that's on ask Ka anything again, speakpipe.com slash spawn on me. If you want to send me a voicemail and I'll react to it, uh, give you an answer to a question you may have, um, which I would love to do more of those actually. So please send in stuff. Uh, I love doing those kinds of shows. Um, we're going to be doing some more stuff on Twitch. We're also thinking about, again, doing those two shows a week. Uh, so maybe it's a Ask Kai Anything episode, and then we do a normal Spawn Me episode. Um, some of that stuff may live on um, on YouTube, because uh, I'm thinking about streaming on YouTube. Uh, and we need to be able to do uh, one version of a show on Twitch and then do something else on YouTube. So they can't be the same content in the same 24-hour period. So we have to spread that stuff out. Um, so be a lot of experimentation going on on across that stuff. Plus, uh, you know, I'm still doing my NBC show, The People's Pregame. So go subscribe to that if you want to hear more about the Fan Control Football League. We've been having some great conversations with NFL stars and folks within the league and you know, we're trying to get Terrell Owens on the show. A lot of stuff is happening on that end. So go check that out on Peacock TV uh, and uh, LX, um, NBC LX uh, if you want to go see more of me doing non-gaming stuff uh, in that realm. That'll be cool. We're also starting to, to ramp up towards Spawnies again. So if you're looking to sponsor a fantastic gaming award show that looks to represent the underrepresented within the gaming space, like, please hit me up. We'd love to do that. And yeah, I'm going to go chill with the missus and go finish up the rest of our vacation trip. Uh, And I'll be back in the studio uh, early tomorrow. Uh, So I'll be home. Uh, We're going to head out later on tonight and go back home to Portland and hang out with our doggy and all that good stuff and celebrate our 10-year anniversary, which has been, I can't front, it's been an amazing, amazing 12 plus years. We've been together for 12 and some change. Married for 10. Um, she's been the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, and then we just laugh a lot. We spend so much time laughing and so much time enjoying each other's company, even when we're mad at each other, even when we're fussy, uh, even when we're fighting. We still find ways to find uh, good spots to make each other laugh. And I think 
if you're thinking about relationships, you're thinking about getting with people, you're thinking about being around folks in ways like that, like, I, I think about that going back to the conversation around the, the industry stuff. And the industry stuff doesn't make me laugh as much as it used to, and that part makes me sad. But I do have that layer of having a partner who understands me as a, as a full human being um, and can make me laugh a lot and make me smile a bunch and make me happy about being on the planet. And I'm hoping that all of you get a chance to have someone in your life who can do that for you as well. So with that, I will send you off on your ways. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Uh, I'll be putting up pictures and videos of us traveling across the Oregon wilderness uh, soon on, on, on social media and stuff. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I have to say really quickly that I, I, I appreciate each and every one of you, again, who has spent time with me over these past nine, almost 10 years doing this work. I, I'm still always humbled by all the good words that you share towards me and towards the work. Um, and, and I, and I want to hear more from you all uh, in this year and next year, because I think it's going to be really important to hear what you have a need for as an audience. I think that to me is really paramount to make sure that, yeah, I do the show for me because it, it feeds a lot of my ability to feel connected to the, 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 the gaming industry and the gaming universe in that way. But I, but this is in service of all of you. I want you to feel like you're getting something of worth from my blathering. <laughs> if you want me to cover things in a different way, or you want me to talk about stuff in a different way, you want me to bring up more conversations about other stuff. Like I want to hear that from all of you. Cause I think that's important. So with that said, uh, much love to y'all. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're safe. Hope you're keeping yourselves uh, COVID free. Uh, and, uh, we're, we're ramping up towards summer, uh, and it's almost here. So I'll see you all soon. See y'all in the studio. Much love to y'all. Peace.